Yeah. I'm in my kitchen right now, so I may be more echoey, but I don't really care. And my chair is really squeaky, so I have to sit really still. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, welcome to Marginally, a podcast about writing, work, and friendship. I'm Olivia, a consultant living in Ukraine and London, working on a novel and daydreaming about lots of other projects. And I'm Megan, a librarian and freelance indexer writing about complex women's friendships for both young adult and adult audiences. In today's episode, we're going to be talking, as you would expect since it's our first episode of the new year, um, we'll be talking about our 2020 feelings, our resolutions. You know that we're a little bit ambivalent on all of that stuff, so uh, we're actually just going to talk about kind of one of the following categories each. So one thing uh, that we're going to continue that we really enjoyed from last year, one big or exciting plan, and then we'll talk about our word and, you know, any mottos or mantras or anything like that that we're taking into this year. But we're not really resolution people, so don't worry. We don't have, like, thousands of things that we're going to accomplish. It's not that kind of podcast. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) Megan, what are you going to continue from 2019? Um, I think the thing that I really loved the most that I didn't even end up starting until close to the end of the year was this kind of practice of building small rituals into the week. And mine all sort of fell on Friday. And I'm not really sure why other than I think by Friday, I have finally woken up and I don't usually have stuff scheduled on Fridays, like meetings and deadlines and stuff. And so it just always feels like a big empty open day for like really sinking into creativity and so um and then the week is over so that <laughs> that's always that always kind of sucks like can I make that happen on Mondays instead um but so we wrote about this in our newsletter but um I go to go for a walk in the same the same place every Friday there's a state park that's like 10 minutes from my house and it has a little three mile not hike because it's flat, but a three mile walk through the woods and it's really beautiful and it's always different. And, you know, one time it was pouring down rain and I got slightly lost and I went on Friday and they were doing a prescribed burn. And so that was like kind of scary, but also like beautiful to see. And, um, then it made me think of like wildfires and that was depressing, but, uh, Prescribed burns are good, guys. They, um, By the way, there's a really... I'm going to put this in the show notes because I just have to share it. Um, there's this really amazing <laughs> Guardian piece on mm. the practice of prescribed burning and how like it used to be a big part of like Pacific Northwest Native um, Indigenous people's culture and how they like took care of the woods and then how Theodore Roosevelt like screwed everything up by stopping wildfires which actually causes fires and it's a bad thing but it's this really beautiful piece on it and I'm going to put it in the show notes because you should read it because it's an excellent example of journalistic narrative nonfiction as well as just something something to think about um especially as Australia is burning and yeah so walking in this woods and kind of feeling like it's my woods and getting to know it and um, I don't have any rules about it. Like I don't say I can't listen to an audiobook or a podcast or, you know, I have to do this or that. And sometimes I run and sometimes I walk. Um, 
but I just That's go good. and I look at the same stuff every time. And I always think of interesting things, even if they're not necessarily useful things. And sometimes I talk to you when I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked a few times. I love that. And I also think you're like inviting your mind to be, you know, you start to build up that like sense that, okay, I can be creative or I can be, you know, thoughtful here. Yeah. Um, and it's that kind of ritual idea as well. I love it. Yeah. Well, and we talked about, and maybe I'll save this for my um, exciting thing, but we talked, we ch- talked a little bit this week about how, like, if you go do the same thing in the same place all the time, it kind of, did I tell you about this or did I write you a letter? I think I wrote you a letter about it. So surprise. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it like the magic of like whatever you do in that place, if you do it in the same place over and over, it kind of like soaks in and it yeah. creates its own thing. Like this is not a new concept. I'm not making this up. This is, you know, it's not oh, original, but, I love it. but yeah. so that is something that and like baking something every week. Yes. I'll, I love your Friday rituals. Mm-hmm. So excellent. I'm, like, I'm trying to cook more, but that's not uh, the answer to this. But yeah, I really like it. Um, yeah. Um, my thing I want to continue. It's hard. I really like everything that I was doing. But um, I think one thing I didn't write about in our newsletter, which is, by the way, tinyletter.com slash marginally podcast, um, is, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah. I actually read a lot more last year than I have been reading. And it's kind of surprised me, frankly, because I feel like I didn't read all the time. Um, but I've, I am definitely wanting to continue that. So I've already, you know, I think it's just like having the mental space. For me, like if I'm reading a lot, it means that I'm like more or less calm uh, and stationary. I don't read that much on planes. So I think it feels really good to like feel like I really want to be reading more. Uh, so I definitely want to continue that. But I was also surprised from 2019 that I had read as many books as I had. And it's not a lot. It's not like I'm not one of those people that reads 50 or 100 books, unfortunately. Um, but I definitely read more than I had in the past couple of years. So I definitely that's like a trend I would like to continue. Yeah, I have a lot of good. projects as usual, but that's just like my permanent state. <laughs> but I think part of that will be reading a lot of things. Yeah, no, that's exciting. Um, and it doesn't matter like the number of books you read. So that doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not one of those people. I don't care. I mean, but other people when they're like, oh, I read like 400 books a year, like it stresses me out because I'm a little bit competitive. But <laughs> anyway, don't worry. You can compete with me, whatever your number is. It's probably not that much lower than mine. Um, yeah. So that's one thing. Uh, one exciting plan is our next category. And I said I would go first on this one. Um, I have... I want to finish, I have a book that I'm trying to finish the first draft of, um, and it has been going faster, but I've also not really been working, so it helps. Um, I want to finish it by the end of June, and I'm about, I think, plot-wise halfway done, word-wise not halfway done, but anyway, I think it's very achievable, and so, but in order to do that, like, it's very hard for me if I'm working all the time, and especially if I'm traveling to write a lot of words. So I have booked a couple of weeks, like one week, I think in April and, but I have actually booked one week in May where I'll be going to, it's like a retreat. And I was looking at different things, like maybe I wanted to go somewhere by myself, but you know, things are, everything's, you know, more expensive than you think it is. And also then you have to like do all your own cooking and blah, blah, blah. 
And that's an easy like rabbit hole for me to go down. I'd like buy food every day, spend like three hours doing that. And really the point, especially for the May one, is to do like really big chunks of writing. So I found a place that was not, I mean, it's about the same price as the, some of the places I was looking at to stay by myself, but you get all your meals um, cooked for you. It has also a cooking school as well. Um, so hopefully the meals are good. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's in France. It's actually really near where... Um, we stayed last year uh, as part of France, so that's also a weird universe thing. Um, I'd never heard of it, but it's called Circle of Mise, M- or Mise, M-I-S-S-E. I don't know what that means, but um, I'm excited, basically. Uh, they basically, they'll, if, if you don't feel like going to dinner, like you're still working, they'll just like bring you something, and they give you a packed lunch, and like, you know, there's a breakfast thing, like they set out yogurt and fruit and stuff every day. So it seems pretty chill. Yeah. Um, but if you want to talk to other people, writers, and they do tutor. So everybody's on their own thing. Like you could be getting tutoring or, you know, working with somebody or you could just be going there to do work on your project, which is what I'm doing. Um, so, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yes. I'm really looking forward. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm like a huge, <laughs> such a nerd. I'm like a huge sucker for a packed lunch. I don't know what it is about it, but it's so exciting to me. Like. You get this little box Meat with, too. like, sandwich and, like, you don't know what's in it. And it's all these, like, individual little things. And I uh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so exciting. I'm excited. Plus, I have this, like, romantic idea. I mean, I don't always write all day every day, right? So I have a romantic idea. I'll take it, like, into the forest. It's kind of in a rural area. So I uh, go on, like, a walk with my packed lunch, like, in my knapsack. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> no, that does sound really fun. Um, that is exciting. What am I <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm so excited. I mean, we're not even getting into how much I'm excited for the second half of the year when I hopefully will see you yeah, for a while. Yeah, I am really excited about that. Um, but that is not my exciting thing either. So I, um, I guess I'm, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to kind of combine two things because one thing led to the other thing. Um, so I was listening to this episode of Hurry Slowly podcast, which I really love. And I, if you guys don't listen to it, like it started as sort of a chill productivity kind of thing and has turned into yeah. just this like, how do you just live a better life without, and like, how do you ditch the productivity mindset basically? Um, and it's really yeah. great. But, um, the interview was with Austin Cleon, and I joked like he's one of the few like men I let into my brain space. Uh, but um, he was talking about how he has this like crazy workshop set up uh, where he has like a space that's analog only, and that's where all his like art stuff is. And then he has a digital desk that that's where his computer is, and like keeping all that separate. And he got the idea from Art Spiegelman, who is an artist. Um, he is most famous for. The graphic novel Mouse, which is excellent Mm. if you have not read it. Um, It's a Holocaust memoir, which, um, but anyway, so that's where he got the idea. And I thought like that was really, um, I got really excited about doing that because I've had this like just total hate relationship with my computer right now. Um, Not just this idea that's like totally infested by the internet, but just screens in general are... uh, I'm just having a hard time with them. And so I, in fact, if this sounds a little echoey, it's because I'm recording in my kitchen because my office is now in no, no like computer zone. Um, 
and I cleared off my desk and I made it a, you know, I put all these pencils and paper and stuff. And we, I, um, have been really intrigued by, I got a bunch of Linda Berry books for Christmas. And in one of them, she talks about how she had like a whole, she taught a whole class on working by hand and like how important hand work is to art and to writing and you know just this exploration of like art as like a physical manifestation and if it was like a biological if it had a biological purpose what would it be and then like one of our listeners um or one of our followers on instagram and someone we follow was doing this like zine project and then if you noticed um i posted anyway it all came down to i posted the zine on our account of like it was just this random thing like what if your house was a museum and like looking at my house from that way but the whole point of it um the whole point of it was to do something creative for no reason um and all of this came out of this idea that i was going to set up a space in my life that was just for the purpose of doing stuff with my hands um and doing stuff with my hands that I normally don't do with my hands, that I normally do with a digital tool, if that makes sense. So, like, yeah. um, you know, like, writing and art stuff and work and that kind of thing. And so it was just really exciting to do something. I have done, like, Jack on my novel revisions, uh, by the way. So I'm not saying this is, like, <laughs> this is, like, a fast-forward button to all sorts of productivity, but... Um, Yeah, it was just really, really fun to spend a couple of hours doing doing something creative for no reason at all. Like, no purpose, no plan. I hadn't even planned to put it on our, you know, it wasn't like I was like, ooh, can I craft some Instagram content? Because y'all know we are not, (laughs) we're not personal brand people. No, but it was so great how it came together like that. I mean, you texted me before, like, it wasn't like you were, like, live streaming or anything on Instagram, like, but it was really cool just to watch that experiment unfold. Yeah, yeah, and it was, it was really fun to do, and it felt really, like, it felt really bright and light and playful, which is um, something I'm not normally, so that is something I'm excited, is doing creative stuff for no reason um, in a... And preserving a space in my life for that. So. Yeah. And I think it's really cool because I think there are so many different things. I mean, I talked to, it reminded me, my reaction to it, my, my personal reaction to it, reminded me of when I was talking to somebody who recently joined a choir and they'd never been in a choir before. And I was like, whoa, singing with a bunch of people, <laughs> like using, you know, you're using your body or your voice in that way. And it was really similar to my reaction when you I was like oh I can't draw it was immediately my reaction like really strong like oh, I can't whatever sing in public although I used to be in choir um or you know it's just really interesting because we get in these things where it's like these are the permissible activities and it's like who's watching no one and like I would I don't even draw for myself so it is something that I want to like you've inspired me yeah so thanks. well I was inspired by by the way the, the insta- person on Instagram is Kirk Reedstrom and we'll put him in the show notes too because he's an illustrator and does some really cool stuff and I've been really inspired yeah by I those. love his little his zines that he's been doing. yeah um no and like the whole like I had originally started it with like the idea that I wasn't going to show it to anyone it was just for myself and then I was like oh this is actually kind of interesting and relevant to what we talk about so 
And I think if you also had that thought just now, if you're listening and you had the thought like, oh, I can't draw, like join me, (laughs) I need to do it. But like actually be like, what? No, you're drawing for yourself. Like anything that you say that's creative that you can't do and it's just a basic skill. Like I also can't make pottery, but that's because I don't have clay or any of the materials. But like I can take a piece of paper and I can draw something. Yeah. And again, it does not have to be for a purpose. I think so much of everything is how can it be monetized or how can it be publicized or how can you use it to, you know, build your brand and advance your work and whatever. And, you know, why can't you just do it for the sake of doing it? So, um, anyway, so that was really fun. Um, there's a woman I'm just trying to, Carrie Smith Mm, Yeah, does really similar cool books as well. So if you want to, if that's like your thing and you want to do some experiments, how to be an explorer of the world and it's good it's, it's all about like noticing things so i think that's a good segue onto our words yeah um especially for you so why don't you start on that well okay so my word this year is attention and i just really like the idea so there's a there's a line by mary oliver in upstream um her essays and it's attention is the beginning of devotion and I just really love that thought that, and, and it's true, like what you pay attention to is what you're devoted to. And that brings me to, um, there is, and I don't know if Lindsay still has it open for people to subscribe to, but um, the poet Lindsay Alexander, who is a friend of mine from another writing group, um, has an, a project that she's working on this year that's an artist devotional. And every week she sends out an email Um, that's pretty structured, um, but it's all about creativity and she's exploring the idea of what is a devotional and what is devotion and what does that mean to be devoted to your art. Um, and, uh, even though it comes from devotional, which all automatically makes me think like religion and she comes from, you know, an evangelical upbringing, but is no longer, you know, like it's not a, it's, it's not a religious based in a like religion way unless art is your religion I guess is where I'm getting at what I'm getting at um but I really recommend that if it's still open if not you should still just sign up for her newsletter because it's really great but Hmm. attention and the link to devotion and like really just looking at what what am I paying attention to and is this what I want to be paying attention to what does it mean that this is taking up my brain and my space and my time and my energy and like what am I looking at and what am I attending to, which is another sort of variation on that word. So that's my word, but it kind of reminds me, I don't know if you, what you were going to talk about, but um, if you want to talk about your algorithmic thing and it's sort of related to that. Yeah, I have two things. These are sort of mottos that I have not, it's not my word, but like I don't, my word has a particular purpose for me for this year. Um, but I have a bunch of other mottos and like things. One of them is actually really, it's what I put it as is take notes. Um, Mm. so I want to be thinking, and I've talked about this a lot lately with Megan separately, but I want to be thinking about like, why, what is something that is appealing to me? Why do I like it? Like, what is my aesthetic sense? Why is it (laughs) as it is? Um, and things like that. And also just like, you know, I don't know. I rate books on Goodreads. Don't go there, actually, because, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, but, like, I don't want that to be my sole, like, 
record of everything I did. Um, and, you know, this ties to my second thing, which is that I'm just really trying to like avoid algorithms about what to read or watch or uh, listen to next. Mm-hmm. And so I've sort of, you know, I, there's some, a couple of really good articles. There's one on monoculture that's been on basically everybody's newsletter. Probably you've seen it. But if you haven't, it's very interesting about how like, you know, Netflix or Spotify are, are like whittling us all down into this kind of sameness. But at the same time, the internet has taken away a different kind of sameness where we've all like watched the same thing at the same time. Although that's kind of a myth anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is, I want to like intentionally be, you know, listening to music. So the other day I, I listened to tons of jazz music when I'm writing. Um, and so I was like, wait, there's no women in the famous jazz canon. Um, so I researched some female jazz musicians and I've been listening to some of those. Um, and I'm not like really serious jazz music person. So they definitely are fitting the bill for me. <laughs> so it's fine. Uh, but they're great musicians. Um I will put a couple of names also. Well, one name in particular in the show notes, if that's your bag. Um, But also, like, I've been reading a book, and they mention music, and so I, like, listen. I just, like, turn on those albums as well. I love making playlists. a little bit more. Like, book playlists? Like, anytime a book, music is mentioned in a book, then I'll, like, make a whole playlist of just that book. Of all the music. I love it. so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's some things basically similar to you, but it's like about this attention and building up that aesthetic sense Mm -hmm. really. Yeah. Um, do you have any other mottos or anything else that you're kind of bringing with you? That is it. I am all about minimalism this year, I guess. (laughs) Well, except yeah. Expanding the entire circle of your world of attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's exciting. I think play and things like that are really important. So I'm glad we're kind of on the same page about that. Yeah, definitely. My word is limits, and that sounds really lame. Like, everybody's always like abundance or whatever else. Um, But for me, I personally, like, I try to do everything or I try to cram everything, and it's really about, like, definitely limiting, like, how much I travel and being realistic about how much time I have, but also, like, limiting certain things so that I have more time, space, mental thought, fun, whatever else to be creative. Mm -hmm. So... Um, that's the purpose of that word, which probably is not like the most poetic word of the year, but for me, it's definitely (laughs) what I need. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's not just about poetry either. So, um, I think limits is a good one. I like it. Um, there's a lot of talk, you know, in like the creative world that limits open up creativity too, that if you, and you know, you find this when you have a day job, for instance, like on a day yeah. when you don't have any time constraints, like you don't do anything. And on a day when you know you only have an hour, you get a lot done. And so um, I forget what I was listening to, but a, there was a poet and she was talking about, maybe it was an interview with um, Mira Jacob also on Hurry Slowly. Um, if you can't mm. tell, I love that yeah. podcast. Um, it's a very good podcast. But she was talking about, whoever it was I was listening to, was talking about limit setting, like external constraints on the work. Oh, it was Mira Jacob and, sh- and it was her book, Good Talk, and how, um, one, she's not an artist, but she produced this graphic novel or graphic memoir anyway. And mm. also she's a novelist, but um, 
just setting these constraints made a huge difference in her creativity. Like, what can I do within these limits? And Jamie Attenberg also talked about this on WMFA. But yeah, no, like limits, you like limits tend to open up possibility rather than c- close it down. Yeah, and I don't. I, there are other limits I'm trying to remove. Like I'm the part of me that says you can't draw or whatever. Um, but I think in terms of limiting, like how many things I'm going to give my attention to mm. or my energy to, I think it's really like limit my my debits. I don't know, whatever. I work in an accounting firm. <laughs> uh, but limit my outflow and then just really see what I can do with everything else. Balance your assets with your liabilities. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's so lame. I got to unsubscribe from various accounting means. ASAP. Um <laughs> So that's our year, and I'm really excited. I'm super excited about our next episode, and you guys are just going to have to wait to find out why. Yeah, but it is really good, really good. It's, it's an interview, and we're super excited. Um, but, yeah, that is that is it. Let us know what you're doing this year. You know, if, there's, if you want to answer any of our questions, um, you know, one thing that you want to bring with you from last year, one thing that you're excited about, and maybe what your word or theme is. Or something that you're happy to be leaving behind from last year. That's totally valid, too. Oh, wait, that's a longer podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, Let's just say everything but but the one thing we mentioned goes in that category. More or less, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Some boxing, I'm bringing that, too. Um, Yeah. So, yes, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Marginallypodcast.com. And (laughs) all of those things. Marginallypodcast, pretty much everywhere you find anything on the internet but not facebook we got rid of that um anyway we would yeah definitely get in touch with us get to work megan you get to work olivia (laughs) i was gonna say now you can say it (laughs) and that's it for this week you can find us online at marginallypodcast.com and on instagram at marginallypodcast our email is podcast at marginallypodcast.com and if you haven't already please subscribe to our newsletter the sign-up form is on our website. And if you enjoy the show, please consider rating it and leaving a review in your podcast app and or sharing an episode with a friend. This will help us to grow our community. Thanks for listening and happy writing. Marginally is produced by the two of us, Megan and Olivia. So excuse any amateur issues. We're working on it. Theme music is It's Time by Scotty Kaska. Show notes for every episode are available at marginallypodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Marginally, you might also enjoy one of our favorite podcasts, Hashtag Writing with Jess and KJ. Every episode is full of great information and encouragement. Look for it wherever you get your podcasts or find the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening. I think in the show notes, we're just going to say the whole back catalog of that <laughs> podcast. Read it, listen to it, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs>